Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. This is Levi Russell, and I have Levi Breederland with me. And today we're going to be talking about the whole idea of sort of the homerification of fatherhood and the disdain for dads that you see in popular media all the time. We're calling this the homerification of dads. Levi, what, why, why are we using that term? Um, so by Homer, we're meaning Homer Simpson and not, you know, some other Homer. Um, and Homer Simpson is the quintessential example of, of the, the father figure who's, you know, he's there, but he's not really present in his kids' lives. Like he's always portrayed as watching TV and like prioritizing personal time. Um, and so he's either, you know, he's either at work and not there, or he's on the couch with his beer and his whatever he is watching on TV. And, and he's also stupid. Like he's just yeah. totally inept. He doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah. He's portrayed as this, this guy with a small brain who, you know, if he tried to do something other than watch TV or his job that he fails at, that he wouldn't succeed. And then from that, you see other TV shows and movies where if there is a father figure in, in the family life that's being portrayed on screen, he's, this not not necessarily as explicit like that's that's the thing that the simpsons can do is they can really be very blatant about it because it's a cartoon but it's it's more and more common to not have a father figure in the family in the show or or to have one who's not really a character and he's just kind of talked about and has a you know a recurring appearance but he's not really you know he's not present in the storyline yeah and 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 the reason it's the reason it's so noticeable is because it, you know, compared with leave it to beaver and the Brady bunch and shows like that, you know, those shows had a lot more of a balance, you know, somebody, somebody screwed something up. I mean, obviously there has to be drama in the show, but it wasn't always, or, you know, 80% of the time it wasn't the incompetence or the, um, you know, uh, the, the lack of desire to do anything, of the father that creates the problems. It was just something happening or it was the mom or, uh, you know, the kids or something like that. And obviously there's plenty of that too. It's just every time Homer is inserted in a situation, he's just either, like you said, aloof or stupid. And it's, it's, so it's just kind of funny that like there was, there was a time when the dads were not, um, it it wasn't so subversive and anti-family. It was, it was very much, uh, understanding of the roles of the parents um, and and their unique capacities to uh, contribute to family life, um, but so I, the reason the way we the the thing that got us thinking about all this was uh, the idea that you know when you're you're leaving work and uh, you know one of your buddies is like hey you know let's go get a beer and so you you inevitably will say something like. Well, I got to ask the boss, you know, as if, as if you are Homer and your wife is this, uh, very calm, uh, rational, sagely figure who you, um, because you're just a stupid child, you have to ask her permission for everything. Um, and by the way, you don't really care about your kids that much. You know, you're not really concerned about being part of their lives or anything. You're just, um, you're just kind of, you know, this, thing that throws money at the house, you know, or whatever. And, and it's just, it's just kind of weird, you know, because it doesn't, 
I mean, we, we say that stuff, but it's because I think we pick up on it from TV. We just pick up on it from that. Yeah. And we also see it like in shows that aren't specifically about families. Like there is definitely less, less shows nowadays about a family because we've got more, more options. So, you know, the, the target market has gotten smaller. Um, but you see it in, in shows that have, you know, couples interacting and you see the same thing, like the, the male counterpart has makes comments and about like asking permission of the, of the girlfriend or the, the wife for, for freedom to, to act in, in one way or another. And it, yeah, it's definitely, it's almost as if we're being shown that the, the woman is the one who runs the house and has final say rather than, you know, like a complementarian approach of, you know, the husband and wife or the, the boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, come to conclusions together and decide on schedules and plans and budgets together. Well, yeah. And, and I think that actually makes a good point too, because even, you know, as bad as the Simpsons is about this stuff, it, it, the fact that they had three children was at least better than, um, oh man, that show with, uh, the, the big comedian guy, Kevin, and then his wife, uh, who's played by Leah Remini. Um, it was just this couple, you know, and it's just this couple and their couple friends, you know, and there's no children whatsoever, which I mean, I guess that's just the show, but still it's this idea. It's like, oh, well, you know, there's all these people just childless, you know, weird marriages, you know, <laughs> where they both just, they're like roommates. They just work and, you know, whatever. Uh, there isn't anything unique about it. But yeah, and portraying a, a show like that where there's, you know, multiple couple friends, it seems so unrealistic because in, in real life, if you had, you know, you have a group of five couples, the chance of one or more of them having kids, it, like it, it doesn't last long enough for, you know, seven seasons of a TV show or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, to be fair, you know, the Simpsons have been stuck in time for, what, three decades or something like that? Yeah, at least but, that's, the, that's the benefit of the cartoon. At least right. they, can, uh, <laughs> they can blend time as, as much as needed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but it seems like there's, there's all this complaint about the way per, TV shows portray fatherhood or family life in general um, and the idea that a dad can have a distinct role uh, and that, you know, that traditional gender roles are good. Um, and that there's a certain amount of leadership for the dad that makes sense. Um, but it, it just seems like you always get nothing but a bunch of complaining about it. You don't ever get anyone saying, oh yeah, it makes sense that, you know, we should figure out a way to push back on this or figure out a way to, um, you know, convince the, you know, the next generation that, you know, this is just silly and it's not realistic and you shouldn't think this way. It's awkward too, because, you know, sometimes they'll say like, oh yeah, we should have, you know, a TV show that affirms the family values that we want. Um, and, but then they, obviously they realize that it's a huge investment to, to get a TV show out there and, and whatnot, but there's never any discussion of other things that could be done and discussions that could happen other than just saying like, oh, I wish there was movies that, you know, had good dads in it. Or when they do make those movies, it's just full of cringe, you know, yeah, it's they're just horrible, so poorly done. They don't get good actors. It's just bad. Yeah. Which is partially just, you know, 
the fact that money is hard to come by and that's true to get to get something on tv where people will see it and it'll actually make a difference you know you need you need more than a million dollars kind of thing well and i think that that's what's so great about the the continuing collapse in the cost of media in general you know as you can uh for instance, I know our, our parish signed up for this thing called Formed. Oh, yeah. Ours like does too. Formed. Yeah. And, and there's all kinds of great stuff on there that's very, again, it's not the same kind of entertainment. But I do know there's a, oh, man, I can't remember the name of it. But there's a, there's like this Netflix alternative that will actually get the movies and they'll just edit out all the, you know, like, oh, interesting. The raunchy scenes and the bad language and stuff. And there was this huge fight because the, the you know the hollywood types were like you can't you know this is a violation of our um of our uh, uh you know intellectual property and all this and basically after this huge protracted legal battle the way they got out of it was when you sign up for this service and you watch a movie what happens is you know like you you pay them a monthly i think this is how it works you pay them a monthly fee and then whenever you want to watch a movie you technically have to buy the movie and then you sell the movie back to them when you're done watching it. Oh, so then it's yours. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's, it really it would just be them, you know, oh, I have this edited DVD that I own and then I give it to you for a little bit and then I take it back. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I, I, it's kind of an interesting way to, uh, to deal with that. So then I guess the idea is, okay, well, let's dig in a little bit and try to figure out exactly what it is that's going wrong and, and how to, um, how to fix the problem. So the first one that you and I were kind of talking about before is this idea that there's just, there's only 24 hours in a day and we all have to prioritize. And if we're spending, you know, if dads are spending too much time at work, because we all know this, I mean, that's, that's the reason why we have a quote unquote gender pay gap is because women like flexible jobs with less hours, um, you know, and so they get paid less. <laughs> um, so, you know, men tend to work more, dads tend to work more, whatever. Um, and sometimes we just work too much. And so then, you know, we, we get this, we get this Homer effect. And yeah, the, having a, you know, the full-time job. And if, <clears throat> if the dad is the one who said like, I'm going to, you know, take the higher paying job because I want the, the mom to be able to stay home and then you know the dad is commuting an hour each day and sitting in traffic and you know when you when you get home from work and you're tired from work and then you're also tired from sitting in traffic and having the all the cars around you honking all the time and all that you don't have the energy to 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 put into you know being present and you just you you end up sitting on the couch and watching tv along with homer right and so and so i think you know okay, you could always, you could come up with a thousand different scenarios, right? But I think, I think the idea is you want to come up with some general principles about how this ought to work. Um, you know, and so to, to some extent, I think it's, you know, there's, there's different levels of um, income that matter here. You know, so if you're, if your income is just enough, so if you're, you're busting your butt 15 hours a day or whatever, just to make it so you can survive, you see, you can meet the needs of the family. Well, I mean, you don't have much of a choice, right? That's just what you have to do. But if you are putting too many things in the need category that actually belong in the want category, right? So, you know, insert discussion of poverty of spirit and that sort of thing. Um, 
the reality is that you should just take those things out of the need category and just say, okay, are these wants more important than spending time with my kids or my wife or whatever? And that's really what should drive your decision on how much you work because you know, work is a good thing. You know, I'm all for the Benedictines and all of that, but it's definitely not better than, you know, a basic amount of time with your, your family. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of the prioritization there. Like I know one family that they decided to sacrifice their, their large house in a nice rural neighborhood and move closer, closer to where the father was working so that he wouldn't have to spend so much time in his commute. So they, they, they went to an older house in a smaller neighborhood and a smaller house and all that. But he ended up, you know, getting home from work at five 30 instead of six 30 and mm-hmm. had so much more time in the evening with his kids that, well, and especially when that it was small a, kids. Oh, yeah, exactly. When that, 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 that first couple hours after work is so important. Cause I mean, they, they, they need to go to bed, you know, they need like 10 hours of sleep. So, um, you just can't, you just can't give up those precious couple hours there right after work. Um, and I mean, and the time when they're, they're small too, you really, you know, once that's gone, you're never getting it back when, yeah when they're grown up, you can, you know, you can schedule time whenever you want. And it's not, it's not as special as, you know, those few hours you get in the week when you're, when you're really busy, but your kids are young and, you know, yeah. there's a great song about that called, uh, cats in the cradle. Uh, I think can't remember the name of the anyway it's an old old song but I'm five years older than you so I can just say everything's old and you know <laughs> and just assume you haven't heard of it <laughs> I have not heard of it but that's because <laughs> I had a sheltered childhood <laughs> so um, I, I think so I think that's an interesting way to think about that and I think it's a way of thinking that is for the most part lost on most people I mean, not that they're too dumb to, you know, to conceive of it. It's just that it's so unpopular to think that way that there's just, you know, why would you, why would you think that way about this sort of thing? You know, and I think obviously when you're a lot younger, when you're 20 years old, you know, and you're not married yet, I mean, this whole problem just seems, you just seem completely lost as to what you would even do. But once you, I think, I think, I don't know. People, people that have our worldview, I think we, we sort of come to these things when we just realize the superior wisdom of it over sort of what we've been able to rationalize. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you start seeing those studies of, you know, kids that have, have a present father figure throughout their childhood end up statistically more successful in their later life and all those kind of studies, it's, it's, yeah, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, you know, then we think about the, the homerification thing. So it's, it's not just the individual decisions that, you know, our families make in terms of, you know, these trade-offs between needs and wants and that sort of thing. It's just the idea that everybody thinks this way because Hollywood just pushes this narrative so much. And, you know, TV is basically, um, it's just the way you think, you know, I mean, you see it so much that, I mean, how are you supposed to think any other way? Yeah, call back to our screen time episode where we said that we should cut back on our screen time. It's like, yeah, yeah. prioritize other ways of spending time with your family so that you're not getting these bad examples of of ways to ways to ruin things. Yeah, exactly. And and so then 
but, but this is another good example of the idea of alternatives or, um, you know, basically conservatives complaining about the fact that there aren't alternatives and then never, you know, getting off their ass and building them, you know? So yeah, you have the option of just turning off the TV and finding something else to do, which is great. And but, if you turn off the TV enough that you can uh, cut back on what you're spending on TV and, you know, not feel <laughs> the need for such a nice fancy TV, then you also yeah. have, you know, money that you can put into, you know, some uh, nice board games or something. There you go. Yeah. I mean, then that's, uh, I'm not going to say what kind of TV I have after that comment, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, um, it's, it's all about priorities in that sense. But, but I think in the bigger picture, you know, when we think more, you know, from the macro perspective, you know, okay, that, it's all fine and good to say we should just turn off the TV, but a lot of people aren't going to do that as they're, you know, if they're on this sort of long journey from, you know, whatever the current zeitgeist is to, you know, closer to our position on this, they're not going to come up with that one right away. Right. And so the fact that there might be alternatives, like we, you know, we were talking about formed, uh, this, uh, streaming service that has lots of, you know, great wholesome Catholic content on it. Um, and, you know, this other alternative streaming services that, um, you know, allow you to download movies and stuff like that, that are edited or whatever. And, um, or just, you know, sort of previewing, right. I mean, I think, I think there are plenty of kids in our generation that, you know, the parents just sort of previewed stuff to make sure that it was okay. Cause they didn't trust the rating agencies. Yeah. Or using alternative rating agencies that gave a, a more, a more accurate depiction of what's in the story. Right. And so it goes back to what you were saying before about just the fact that you just have to, you, you can incentivize Hollywood by just paying them for the things that are good and not paying them for the things that are bad. <laughs> yeah. If, if they notice a difference in funding for specific types of characters, you know, hopefully, hopefully those of us who want the, want to have more emphasis on traditional family styles will, uh, will make a difference. Yeah. But, I just, you know, I, I, I just think it's so hard to do that because I just, I, I mean, it's, it's one of these things. And, and we talked about this, I think in the screen time episode where, you know, where uh, talking about Tucker Carlson saying that, that there's sort of a collective action problem component to this, you know, and, and the sort of snide response is, Oh, well, are you saying parents are too stupid to be able to handle their own kids? It's like, no, no, no. What we're saying is that there is a collective action problem and the only, you, you can't deal with a collective action problem by like three people saying, you know what, Hollywood, I don't want your stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yet another uh, boycott that doesn't go anywhere because you know, when you want to do a boycott, you need, you need everyone to do it. Right. And I think ironically, there's like a, there's a, there's a Simpsons joke where it's like uh, Homer's dad or whoever the old man gets uh, in the newspaper and it says man's sh man shakes fist at, cloud or something <laughs> you know it's like that's pretty much about us you know that's a pretty much how effective that sort of thing is so yeah so i think i think to kind of bring this around is that you know whether it's the keeping up with the joneses component and saying oh wow you know you might think these things are just wants um that you should ignore and prefer family time for but really their needs you have to have you know, a giant TV and a boat and, and a big house and all of this. Um, and so you got to work your ass off and never, and never be in a place where you can just come home and relax and spend time with your family. And, 
you know, building on top of that is this whole, you know, Hollywood subversion of the, of the family and things like that. And so it's just, it, it just creates this overarching view that there is no distinct role for dad that's important and necessary and healthy. Um, and the dad is different from mom and needs to be there and contributes certain things. It's interesting because we've got like, you can come up with this idea that, you know, people should be, kids should be raised to have, you know, strong, strong ideas of what they want to be like as parents. You know, those are, you know, kind of subtle, subtle ideas, but, you know, be a good example and your kids will hopefully follow that example. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things is it's so hard when you're, you're not getting that much time to influence your kids as they grow up. So how, like, how do you guarantee that, or maybe not guarantee, but how do you hope and ensure that, that you're, you're, no, you're making enough of a difference that the cycle doesn't just keep repeating itself. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's a good thing we have formed now. It's a good thing we have these, uh, you know, Netflix or whatever alternatives that allow us to, um, you know, create a little bit, but I think, I think it does come down to just taking the time to create a different social life for your family in general. Um, you know, and spend time with people from your parish, not, you know, people from, uh, your work or the bar or whatever, you know, <laughs> trying to and, find and trying to, like yeah, like trying, like we're moving to a smaller town where we can hopefully connect with more local people mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's, it's got its downsides because it, you know, it's going to be a longer drive to go do groceries and, and that kind of thing. But we, we've got this hope and this dream that, you know, five years from now, we'll know, you know, people on our own block that we can walk over to or yeah. be able to say, hey, yeah, go, go, go play hockey in the street with the, the other kids and that kind of thing. And just right. like, we, yeah, we're taking, we're taking a bit of a cut in some of the benefits of living in the city mm-hmm. with the idea that, you know, we will get more time outside and more time with more, more in-person time with people who are close by that we can see regularly. Yeah. Right. Well, and I mean, I, I think I mentioned this too often, but you know, the fact that I just moved my entire family, five people, 900 miles halfway across the U S to just be closer to home be closer to our families um, and, and be able to, you know, for my kids to be able to get, to be raised with their grandparents, not, um, you know, not just only see them a few times a year. You know, I think that family uh, that's more of sort of more um, uh, extended family figures into the whole thing as well. Yeah. Having, having present extended family is definitely instrumental. Like I, I grew up, being a, an eight hour drive from one set of grandparents and an eight hour flight from the other set. So I like, I didn't have any relatives around. Yeah. So, and now like now I'm 12 hours by car away from my parents, but I'm minutes away from, from my in-laws. So at least the right. kids, have, they've got, you know, daily, daily visits with their grandparents. And I think that that makes a big difference just, being able to interact with more of the family. Cause that's how you get, that's how you learn 
social skills to begin with is with family. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand the whole idea of like only children. I mean, like if you, you know, if you can't have kids, you can't have kids, but I mean, man, that's just gotta be so hard to, to be very young by yourself, you know, without siblings. Yeah. Uh, But, and I think, you know, the, the problem is certainly, that your parents or your in-laws or whatever can also be subversive too, right? I mean, they can also be part of this, you know, overarching anti-family zeitgeist, but at least there's a better chance that they came from a previous generation that was a little bit more amenable to sort of traditional, uh, you know, parental roles and stuff like that. And so with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.